season finale stacking pennies coming right up ladies and gentlemen we are joined by the champion himself next gen joe bookends the season gets a w at the clash gets a w at phoenix and now he is your two-time nascar cup series champion also zane smith and ty gibbs are your truck and xfinity series champions respectfully pit road boats and woes we're going to cover christopher bell and that stop that lost him 11 spots at the end ton of stuff to get into this is the finale not of our season but of the nascar cup series season so tune right in it's gonna be exciting stacking pain stacking them deep selling them cheap it tastes like gasoline rubber and victory we're out here stacking pennies. And we're in it. Championship edition of Stacking Pennies, guys. And, uh, Jane, you can pull a tape, but I don't think there's need. There's not a need because I already called all three champions last week. I'm joined by uh, the front tire changer for Ryan Blaney's Ford Mustang. To my left, Mr. Second Ryan place Ford's. car this weekend. Second place car this weekend. Um, yeah, I was there. Thanks. Also, Jonathan Merriman joins me in the studio. Chuck is out in L.A. with our uh, guest later in the show, Joey Logano. He should stay. That runs. He should stay out in L.A.? Chuck can stay in L.A. He is a big L.A. guy. Yeah. Now, I don't know if there's any battles out there, though. Um, no, I don't think A lot think of things I could say could, get me in trouble, but yeah. He could come back towards – he could probably come back towards East to fight a battle or two, but – He could go all Wild West and stuff, though. He could transition to Cowboy Rio. What did you just point out before the show started? About a stat that Ryan Blaney and I have in common this year. Oh yeah, you guys won the same amount of races at zero. Yeah, congrats. That's, that was interesting. That was cool. You won. That was cool that you won the All Star race. I didn't win the All Star race. Y'all did, but that didn't count. Last time I checked, they don't pay points for that one. And so you don't want to win it. I'd love to win it. I can't make the mother. <laughs> let alone win it. Yeah, yeah. You can't even hold that one against you. In I'm not even in it. How in, are you going to hold it against? Me? How can I win it? In terms of the championship, you might as well have won our race, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Counts the same. What are you getting at? Virtually doesn't what count. Are you know what, what I did there? You know what? You know what I did? Speaking what? of, I saw Casey Kerwin uh, at the track. I don't. I Was guess. he lugging around that big trophy? It's actually upstairs on the eighth floor, and that thing is massive and Who looks is that? fantastic. The iRacing champion, dude. Can you would I, know if you were a champion. I don't, like. I get the idea behind the Dale Earnhardt Jr. Hey, all I'm saying is Winston Cup Series look-alike trophy. I'm not, it looks like something that somebody made in a wood shop. Stop, stop. No, I'm going to say, let's preface this. Let's preface this. Corey's an iRacing hater, and it's you, okay. You got to see it I'm in person. I'm not a hater. You got to see it in person. I appreciate guys that are excellent at their craft. So I gave Kerwin, Casey Kerwin knuckles. I'm like, yo, congrats. Yeah. And he was he was like taking it back like, this guy knows who I am. Maybe he didn't know who you He's were. He's champ. He didn't know who I am. I can promise you. Did you but tell he, him to start at LLC? He is a, I should have told him to start at LLC because they're gonna. Uncle Sam's gonna get half them winnings. Hundred grand, right? I don't know how much. Did it Casey Kerwin big big time you at the racetrack? No. He's got a he's got a cool haircut though. Cooler, he does. Cooler, yeah. cooler, what I loved about we're getting way off the rails, yeah. but I want to talk about how how all them guys were barefoot so they can feel. Oh, it was animals. terrible! And the one had like like shorts on. So this is what uh, I, was I love the I love the like what it was and that you're trying to make it. But like, hey man, they're barefoot, they're, but half of them wear racing gloves. Just cover, just just cover the pedals, sweat, bro. Yeah, they sweat. don't wear shoes. Well, what if but your they feet wear sweat? Gloves. No, you don't wear shoes because you don't want to have any sort of you don't want you want to feel the pedals. You're trying to SpongeBob it with the big toe. Yes, but then you don't. But then you wear gloves. Casey Kerwin's actually a real champion. So kudos to him. I'm pretty sure it's a hundred grand. 
It will, yeah. Aren't you the i racing guru? Yeah, it's a ton of ton of money. It's a lot of money. Yeah. Congrats to him. I don't know. I've been trying to ask people all week. What a not all week since Sunday. What a hundred dollar parlay three ways between Zane Smith, Ty Gibbs, and Joey Logano would have been worth. You know what? We don't know because we can't gamble. On we it. can't gamble. But if you all listen to me, you ought to got a three way parlay correct. Well, maybe somebody did. Maybe somebody did, and they would have put a heater down. It was a dominating race for Zane Smith. He's got the look, man. He's like Zane Smith's he, good. He's ready for the. He's ready for the show. Think so? Yes. Well, I mean, dude, where's he fit in? Anywhere at four? SHR car here next year? Not next year, but twenty four. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure the the contract that. Well, I, would, the why front would front row, row not want to keep him? There's way too many smart. He's way too valuable now. He's got the look. He's got a championship. He's got the clout. There's going to be people that are willing to buy his contract out to go to somewhere big. I mean, Dane Smith but, is a playoff cup guy after a year or two of development. He's the top of the prospect list. Faux show. Yeah. So congrats to him. And then also had a lot of fun on Saturday night with my buddy Ty Gibbs taking a lot of heat in the last couple of weeks after Martinsville. We talked about that. Talked Speaking about, of top of the heap, I mean, that race he ran was – like, oh my goodness! Hey, so we we, we watched, sat there and watched it. We watched the end of that race from outside into turn one. You uh, theory folks, Darren and Patty, they had a set up there. What a great race that was, dude! The, I thought Trump those guys we amazing. were sliding around. He was running the bottom they, down in one. We were standing down the one, and Noah was running the top. the top. Work worked in. Noah lost a couple spots on pit road. Got him back. Best part about it, they didn't have to run into each other. They just raced hard, give or take. Ty to- chose the top a couple times in a restart. The seven tried sliding them, misjudged the slider, ended up running third, I believe. Uh, and there was one point in time where all four Xfinity Championship contenders were first through four. It's funny how the cream rises to the top. Landon Castle, shout out to him, had a top four run. He said, <laughs> Landon's coming. He's yeah, pointing he, at dude, his Dude, he phone. was coming. Landon <laughs> was on a heater, bro. Uh, but nonetheless, Ty Gibbs. Seven, seventh win. Yeah. Noah, uh, Noah's got a little bit of. Conor McGregor in him, talking that he's got, he got talking that crap, going. and but but like what I like about Noah, but okay, we need that though it's good. That, right, he's found and his he niche. was he was talking like like Big am I gonna have to fight this guy? If I'm tired, I'm like, am I gonna have to fight this guy? What's going on? But it's one thing for Noah to go like congratulate everybody, like he walked up on the stage, congratulated the whole team, walked over, talked the tie after the race. It's one thing to do that, and like try to get people to think that you're a good sportsman. But, like, I talked to him. They stay at the same hotel as us, and I talked to him at the hotel bar afterwards, and he's like, I'll give that little son credit. He drove a championship race. He could be a championship caliber guy when he wants to be. Like, he was talking good about him. Noah was. Noah was, yes. And he, he had a lot of respect for him um, that night for sure. So, real, kudos to Noah. Real recognizes real, man. Noah's, Noah was on it unbelievable season and of course it came down to the two best guys in that series duking it out for the championship put on a show and we put on a show stacking pennies live at the barn on saturday yeah night. how was that i didn't make it a was trip. it was pretty cool man they i thought there was like seven eight hundred people in there they said there was more than a thousand people showed up obviously they didn't come specifically for us they there's a band playing no, uh, they came for us they came for us bro the show we were on there for what 22 minutes. You'd have 1,500 if I was out there. <laughs> yeah, Probably I think that's what was so. holding us back. I they think had, you're right. That deal's pretty sweet there. Anybody hasn't been to Phoenix, they have like this called the barn. It's like this big, I don't know, building with a bar and it's decorated nice. I believe Ingrid and Jeff Gordon designed it. Um, they got a big stage there. 
So we got to sit down a couple minutes first. Steve Phelps and Jamie Little was up were up on stage and they give they gave Ty his ring. Couple questions, maybe like three, and they're like, "All right, you guys are up." And uh, Ryan, Chuck, and I just start down and start chopping it up with them like we're sitting here at the studio. Uh, certainly elated. I don't know how many monsters we drank to that point in time, but my man was pumped up, and it was cool to cool to hear him. Cool to talk about what it meant to the family and also how to deal with the chatter. We asked him about Noah Gragson uh, and if he was thinking about it this week. And then uh, the news on Sunday morning. <clears throat> uh, I was rolling to the racetrack, heard about it, saw it, and was gutted, man. I think. And then you roll into the racetrack, and it was just a, it was a somber morning. At the end of the day, we're all competitors, but we're also a family. And we have everybody's best interest at heart, particularly when you go and see a family as prevalent as the Gibbs family with already losing one son in JD, turning around and one of the most successful up and coming kids loses his dad, who's also an executive at Joe Gibbs Racing. I just was instantly gutted for Ty was the first person I thought about of just how impactful and impressionable and everything they went through this past week internally at Joe Gibbs. Man, I was I'm I was legitimately heartbroken. Oh, and then thinking guys. about Joe instantly about you know JD and and Coy losing both of his boys and really both both of the guys that took over the race team. I mean I know that's secondary, but you know JD was such a just such a big part of the garage area, and then it gives even deeper. You know you think about Ty, and then you think about Jackson who was changing tires on the front of the twenty car, and you know being there, and it just racing so weird because you are all against each other, right? Everybody is competing against each other and trying to find an edge on one another. And you almost get, uh, you know, a, a little bit like you almost have to be a little bit arrogant towards each other at times, uh, just to get a competitive edge. And then something like that happens and you realize how close you really are, how close everybody is. And it's just, it was just such a, like you said, such a sombering moment with the emotions of going into championship day and, that race is always tough. It always has a lot of mixed emotions anyway because it's the last race of the season. It's the last time you're going to see guys that are coming off the road. Last time you might work with a particular team. Then there's a championship on the line, and then you just realize that none of that matters. That's what that's what I realized real quick. It was an instant perspective shift, right? Because yeah. like, you're there all weekend, and you're excited that's the last one. You're ready for some time off. You are somewhat disappointed in my case with like how the year went wishing you were more successful x y and z wishing you were racing for a championship and then you get news ty gibbs going from the highest of highs of winning his whatever race race of the year the seventh race and a big trophy and i i i'm sure ty wouldn't hesitate for a second and trade him all of them just have his dad back right and like that in itself dude i was i was in I mean, he was standing right there, man. It's, yeah. uh, it it tore me up, and I wanted to like you just want to like give somebody a hug. Yeah, you want to do something. There's nothing you can do. But I mean, you talk about perspective. At the end of the day, right? We we get paid to play a game. We get paid to cover a game. Like, yeah, we get caught up sometimes and think, you know, what we do is real life. Right. It's not. It's perspective. I've lost my mom. I know what Todd's going through. Right. But the one thing that that keeps me up at night we've had this conversation like you have a dream or something happens and you just wake up and think about the possibility of like something happening to your kid. I cannot imagine 
what Joe's going through. So, yeah. So thoughts and prayers with the Gibbs family. For sure. Uh, definitely change the mood for, for Sunday morning for the entire garage. Now, when you get in the mix, uh, you start rocking and rolling, the race gets started. Um, you can kind of like focus on that for a bit. And what you were focusing on was a Joey Logano beatdown. I mean, those two cars, the 22 and the 12, fired off super fast, obviously on the front row and dominated the race all day long. I think Joey might have lost two, three spots on pit road once and drove back to the lead. They had to wait for fuel one time. Yeah, they had a couple. They they had or they had one, you know, that that they lost a couple spots on, but stayed up in the hunt all day. When you're when you're leading in the Cup Series, there are times, especially now, where you're just going to get beat on pit road. But you have to, you know, mitigate the loss. And they they kept them in the race all day. Obviously, they qualified, like laid a lap down. Laid a lap down. If bro. you listen to Stack and Penny's la- last week, it was not surprising to you. He was so locked in, and he. It's yeah. not his confidence isn't manufactured confidence. It's real life. He also has a lot of trophies on the shelf where it could be like if he has a bad week, I'm like mm, oh no, there's about forty more of these trophies I can look at. Oh, I was the best guy on that guy. I was the best guy on that day. Like, yes, it helps when you are certainly working with a team like Paul Wolf, Team Penske that can, if you might even be down a little bit, they'll give you a fast car and then your confidence right back to where it should be. But. He told us last week, ladies and gentlemen, I told you guys. He said, I told you so. And show enough, he got the job done. Now, somebody who I anticipated having a long day because he did not qualify good. My man qualified right in front of me, Ross Chastain, off his Hail Melon move last week. Uh, was fast in practice, was looking pretty good. Did you go back and watch the Chase Elliott deal? Multiple times. So what's your take? I think Ross it's Ross is aggressive. Ross is aggressive. Not Now – Let's just say, assume for a second that Chase doesn't keep turning right. And there was a point at which Chase couldn't steer to the right because by the time he's like the, the traction breaks, yeah, you're done. You're done, right? You're, you're already turned around. Now, what I don't know happens if Ross gets to the inside, like your bottom is six wide. Like the track's dirty down there. Where are you going to go? But I also know that if you can get position on him there on a restart, then you might be able to run from the whole run and who knows what's going to happen. Or. You just wrecked one-fourth of your competition that day, and that's what it might have been going for. I don't think it was intentional, no. but Ross is – But is it t- Ross's job to lift? No. Dude, you know what happens. There you race for a championship. There you wide. Go. Yo, Ross Chastain. But they were – 20 tires is better than four. The nine – 20 tires is better than four. Well, Six wide would be 24 tires. The nine on the radio from that point on was – could not – the whole team could not get over – the car the was wrecked, bro. Well, they Their couldn't car. get over the one car, so yeah, we were like every, every yeah. They're but every done. time they went around, they're like, "Oh, what's going to happen here?" Like they were hung up on the incident. Well, it's I mean, why wouldn't the nine trash him? Well, because he probably saw that that Matt pulled at Martinsville and doesn't want to do that out. again. I mean, yeah. that's just a tarnish like that. How bad would that have? How bad of a look would that have been? Oh, yeah. He's done the same you, thing to Denny yeah, but at you, if you Look, if you want to go to Monster Jam, I'm sure they're coming to the Spectrum Center sometime soon. After but, Denny. Like, <laughs> but it's just not. Like, after, that's not what we need. After Denny wrecked him at Martinsville, he did the same thing to him at Phoenix and cost Denny a spot. No, at, but at Homestead. He, he did it. He, he ran him in the fence. He did it like with a scalpel. Like, right? He, that, like, like Dale Jr. said. With, what Denny did to Ross, you do it with a scalpel instead of a hammer. Right? He just run him in the fence a little bit. 
and he was racing him on the same lap. Yeah, like I said, different. When Gray, like you go to Bowman Gray Stadium, and it's just like there. That if you want to see that, go there on a Saturday night. I didn't yeah. say I want to see it. I just asked you. Now to. I'm torn on it because for too long we've been seeing guys give each other too many breaks. Ross Chastain is not that guy. Right, like we said before, and he shouldn't be. If if it was up to Chase Elliott, Ross Chast- Ross Chastain would be in the flex seal car still. Right, these guys, he's not he's not one of the cool guys, and because of that, who who else has has had this kind of portrayal in the media and in the garage? The guy we're going to talk to today. You want to call Joey Logano? You want a cold take? Give me absolutely a- for the frostiest. Ross Chastain, most popular driver this year. Because uh, of the Martinsville move. Ooh, I don't think no. so. No. Okay. No. He, I'm just trying to be cold here. So yeah. That's ice. Thank you. It's ice. You, Appreciate you run those. You run NASCAR.com, so this might be insider trading. <laughs> no, I don't have I've seen how y'all count those all-star race votes, too. Uh, Eric yep. Jones ain't getting on them votes, but none. I digress. We also watch how you race on Sundays. So. Oh. Oh. Talking about me? Yeah. What are you talking about? The best. Here's the best, right? He hooks a, he <laughs> hooks a, a left. That might have been. He hooks a left on Blaney. Talking Lapping him. Yeah, early. why don't you just And then everybody him? looks at me. No, no. Let me, can I put some context? Can I put some meat on that bone? So the first run, we fired off terrible. Loose in, plowing tight, loose off. Joey catches us with like 15 to go on the stage. And I'm racing because like if whether or not you go a lap down the first stage is like live or die, do or die. If you go a lap down, your day's more than likely over because then you get buried. I look in my mirror, I see him 10 back, and then the 12 was running second. And I'm like, okay, Joey's got a jam car here. Nobody's pressuring him. I'm going to race him hard. Like, because I'm going to either try to, one, stay in front of him, or B, hold him up enough so he doesn't get to the next guy in front of me. Right? Like, that's, and you don't want to run into him. That's the last thing you want to do. But I moved to the middle to make him go to the bottom, which didn't have as much grip. So I raced him hard six, seven laps. He finally gets me. You know, gives me like a little thumbs up, like thanks for holding me up, jackass. And then the le- the his guy drives in there into one from three car lengths back, drives right into my left rear, like spinning me out, like, "Hey, I'm paying you back for how you race Joey." So I come off turn two, and I didn't go up to the wall. I ran right in the middle of the road, and he was trying to merge like normally would, and I just stayed there. And he drove into my door, and then I gave him a door slam back. And then everybody like, looked uh, at me like I'm like I'm on your team, guys. I'm with you. So that he uh we don't take he, no from nobody. He doesn't give anybody any room, but I don't he don't need to fight nobody's battles. And you also, hey, my stuff's not driving very good at the point in time, and I got to try to stay on the lead lap. So you driving to my left rear again, if I didn't know that he was a lap car for Joey, I'd have dumped his ass Wait in the next a minute, point. we were racing, bro. You weren't racing. We led I think you we led more laps than Joey. Did. Sure, you were looking in the mirror the whole time waiting for him to pass you. Nope. We that's just what, we, he literally drove up there and passed him. How many stage wins y'all have this year? Got one this weekend. Nine. Got one this weekend. Yeah. Nine stage wins. What does that pay? <laughs> Back in 2017, Atlanta did give out uh, stage win trophies. You that, sent me that on Twitter. I, know, I sent you. Yeah, that awkward picture of like. <laughs> they, gave a, they gave Rodney Childers uh, <laughs> a, a stage win, like a stage one win, and he's just like. Listen, holding it. Like Rodney, listen, Rodney is burnt about the 600. Not he. I saw that on Twitter today when they your 200 start. Yeah. Congrats, Rodney, on 600 starts. No, that's – so he, he texted me. Rodney says, congrats on 200. I'm like, I only need 700 more to catch up to you, buddy. <laughs> and uh, he gave it a little thumbs up. Now, that was also a little interesting nugget after the race that Paul Wolf was actively texting Rodney Childers during the race. Yeah, that that is interesting to me. What, did he have signal? That <laughs> – <laughs> Can you hear me now? Do it. Well, it's just no for like 
because they're the the second stage there, some guys split it. The two Hendrick cars we ended up doing it too. Actually worked out for us, but there was a situation where you could split it, and it was almost a push. Yeah, that's interesting to me that he would want that he would do that, but even more so that he would tell people that that's what he did. Um, but they have a good relationship. They're both, hey, one Ford man. Hashtag one Ford. I will say this much: Ford sticks together and sticks with a plan better than any other manufacturer. Most of the time, Toyotas. I, I mean, all the time. I, I mean, if you stack them up against anybody else, Ford plays better together than anybody else out there, unless it's Brad at Daytona wrecking field. Now, yeah. with that being said, you would think that they have more championships than they would because Joey is the first Ford driver to win two cup championships since the Silver Fox himself, David Pearson, in 1968 and 9. Greatest of all. Yeah, and he's the last. He's like the last. Multi-time Ford champion. He's since Kurt Busch. He's the, well, he's the only Ford champion since Kurt Busch has was done. 03? Joey won a championship in a Ford? 18. 18. Yeah, That's so what, Joey would be the yeah. only oh, one because he gotcha. did it twice. It was the same Joey. Not is a, it the same Joe? Next gen Joe? Not a different Joe. <laughs> no, he's different now. He's next gen Joe. What he is? He can, he can try not to own that nickname or not, and I'm gonna hit him it's with that when we come. It's a good name, Joe. Lugano. The son of a on the first one, and the last one, and the trophy. Let yeah. me ask y'all this: How far does Ross Chastain make it next year in the playoffs? Uh depends. Or but no, no. They have the same. Uh, let me reframe this question: Does Trackhouse, with all the success they had, going to the championship four, Daniel Suarez make it to the round of twelve? Does Trackhouse have a sophomore slump? I'm not sure. I mean, I, it depends I don't, what changes, I'm, right? I'm like hard pressed to talk about Trackhouse right now because if you asked me when he bought the team what it would look like, I mean, it's leaps and bounds better than what when Ganassi owned it, right? And he's like a he's one of the figureheads of American auto racing, right? So he comes in. Was the timing right? You know, he had a lot of Chevy support to start the year. New car. He's, but he's done something with the culture over there where everybody's bought in, and hell, they got the number one picker on the year as well. So big ups to them, guys, and hopefully they can do it again, but just a little bit worse than us. Here's why I think it's hard to predict that, because if almost anybody can win it. Half the, car, half the field, 25 cars can win, right? Mm. So if 25 cars can win any, any given weekend, I think replicating that year over year, is going to be hard in general. Let me ask you another question. Seeing the success that Ross Chastain had, nobody – I mean, there was people that were saying they weren't going to make the playoffs. Preseason, Jeff Gluck. <clears throat> oh, um, man. I'm just going to make sure he's listening. So how do you even know as a fan or even an executive that runs a team what a true driver's potential is? Not in the right scenario. Because Ross Chastain apparently diamond in the rough. How do you know who's the diamond and who's the coal? I mean, how do you know on anything, right? Look at Tom Brady. But it's tough in the sport because it's, you know, it's not just about who's good at driving. It's about who has funding. There's so many layers to it. But do you put yourself in that category? I can't. I'm too close to I, the fire. No, but I think. No, but what, I mean, what does your confidence tell you? In the same scenario as Ross, I do the same thing. All right. Hey, well, you, it has to build your stock. Hang on. Let me reframe that. Do I make the championship for the first year? I don't know. No, I'm saying, but like, it is, are you it a would cup be an winner? Adjustment. Yeah. Are you a cup winner in that car? Yeah. No, no what Ross has but done. But I also don't want to take anything from Ross because Ross wheels, bro. Dude, what yeah. Ross has done is amazing. Yeah. And he's great for the sport, right? They're, not only because he had 10 million views or whatever because he put it up on the fence. 
he just the way he races, we need that. Yeah. We need some guys that are not worried about being cool, that are not, you know, not worried about who likes them and who's not. We need some guys that were bus drivers four years ago, <laughs> right? That were driving the coach and couldn't catch a break. And, and the and the hundred and fifty grand that's on the line for running third a, a week or a bonus check, like that matters to a Ross Chastain. You just don't right. get that tenacity from some blue chip guys that have had good rides forever that are comfortable and have made a lot of money running mediocre. Don't get that. You don't get that whatever it takes attitude. Now, I also don't think that there are thirty Ross Chastains in the right situation. There can't be. No, there's not. No. No. Like there might be less than a handful of guys that you can plug them in a similar situation with the right people who knows how to extract the best potential in that driver and can translate. Well, I also think some of this separates Ross from, from everybody else. And I think, I think if you look at Joey, it's a little bit different, but kind of similar. Like Ross has had every reason to just quit. This, I mean, deals falling through opportunities mm-hmm. yeah. falling through, mm-hmm. not of his doing. Like, in Joey's the same way. Like, Gibbs throws you out on the street. What am I going to do? Right? Like, the guys just keep grinding. They don't, you know, they don't pick their head up for anything. They keep their nose down and, and just go. To your point about Joey, I mean, look at what Joey did when he got with the right people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If you look at what happened with Tony Carr, they didn't necessarily have the people around him to succeed. And was he maybe a little immature, he thought? Yeah. Ross is around great people right now, and they all... You know, his team, the intensity from his team matches the intensity he brings, and you need to harness that. Now, also, there isn't room for 30 guys that race like Ross every week. Right. Right? There's room for Ross. Hell to watch. <laughs> I mean, dude, Monster Jam is coming to Spectrum Center. <laughs> yeah, and there's a demolition derby at the Cabarrus County Fair sometime in August. Yeah, you going to build me a car? Yeah, I'll get you a taxi cab. I hear a street stock's available. So, I, I wanted to hit, <laughs> I wanted to hit pause. Uh, on that so you know you see Joey Logano's and we're going to talk to him here in a second you see Joey Logano's cup career started Gibbs and he was an email away from being an Xfinity guy and potentially fizzle now we talked about it last week on the show with him I would even begin like it your window of your time as a race car driver in terms of your maturity in terms of your focus like if Joey Logano would have started his cup career at Penske with Paul Wolf, I don't still think that he gets the same result. I think that every situation in his life, starting at Roush, going to Gibbs, getting beat down a rung, being appreciative of the opportunity that Roger Penske gives him and fully leaning in as this is his one and only shot to be a champion and seizing it, I think it's so situational, similar to Ross Chastain, essentially loses his job at Chip Ganassi. It wasn't a given that he was going to be – Justin's driver. Justin picked him. Ross is leaning in, right? It's like if Ross's focus and tenacity and maturity at a different point of his career, he gets the same opportunity. I don't think that he has the success he does now. I think it's so, so fine that window to hit with the right people at the right time of your career in life uh, to hit that success. Now, you get a guy like Jimmy Johnson who, side note, is a Cup Series owner now. I almost forgot. Are you kidding me? And driving again. And driving again. Five races at least. Starting with the Daytona 500. Fire me up. Yeehaw. What number is it going to be, Merriman? It's got to be the 44. Has to be. Oh, sure. Slim, Slim Jim car? It doesn't matter. I mean, he, he drove the 44 in the Xfinity Series for a couple times, I think. Yes, he did. And it's a petty number. Can we just 
I don't like to fast forward three months, Zzz. potentially 13 weeks from now. But the Daytona 500 is about to be lit, bro. For oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, like, first time that we're going to have the reigning Cup Series champ, the reigning Xfinity champ, and the reigning Suck Truck Series champ in the same race. Zane Smith's already said that he's doing the 500 with front row. Obviously, Ty Gibbs pretty well set in line to be in the 18. Joey's three, trying back three for 23 or whatever hashtag he's already made up. But, and then the greatest of all time, Jimmy Johnson. And then. You think Richard's going to climb into? He might. He might. <laughs> get the fire extinguisher. Hey, he might line up three goodies packets down them things, and he'd be, he might not be as good as he once was, but he's as good once as he's ever was, Merriman. Let me tell you. Um, he's 30th place, I think, at least, you know. I'd try, I I would spots. be I would be rub I'd be rubbing doors with them all day for sure. But then and then who drives the Project 91 car? Daniel Ricardo's looking for a job. Helio's looking for a ride. Oh, like, well, they're supposed gonna, to have a ride because of an agreement won, with an X-Race. Correct. Yeah. Wouldn't so. we like to see a four-time Indy 500? You could see a four-time Indy 500 champ, a Bro, seven-time Cup Series champ. You better buy your tickets for Daytona. Get right your now. tickets. Right now, there's one thing I want to circle back on before we get to talk to Joey here. But speaking back on Ross and a sophomore season for Trackhouse, at the end of the season, not many people yeah, understand. And that whole year, right? You, well, this is, you, this was you'll, from you'll understand it, but maybe not to the November. extent. November. And it's a grind. And each you week you're building something. From the time that, for, for lack of better terms, you're stacking pennies each week. Fastest on pit road. Gaining spots, top fives, top twos, winning races. To the round of 12, to the round of eight, to the round of four, you lose the race, right? And that's an adrenaline dump like no other. The amount of work you've put in and everything you've been running on is a race. It's gone. Now you start again. Mm -hmm. There it is. That year's over. All those stats and everything you put in that book is done. Move on to the next year. And that is freaking hard. And it's hard for some people to find that motivation time and time again. And that is what I think sometimes you see people's toughest year. I think this year was tough for Larson and the five bunch. Mm. Sometimes their toughest year is the year after you win a championship. We learned that with Tony Stewart in the with 14. Joey. It's like a championship hangover. But Didn't even, Joey miss the playoffs the following Joey, year? Joey in 16 just about won the damn thing. Didn't miss it in seventeen. They won Richmond. It was encumbered. Took it away. Didn't make the playoffs. Comes out and wins the championship the next year. Yeah, and that dude, that's a tough thing year after year. It's a grind, and it, like I said, it's erased and it starts anew. And this this year has been like no other. Fast changing. Like if you think you're good at something, just wait mm -hmm. three weeks and you're behind. Not even, dude. Yeah, but I mean, the, look at look at RFK at Bristol. I mean, ran twenty fifth hits on it a week, and then you're back to 25th. And it even gets, you know, it even gets deeper than that with like, okay, you look at pick crew numbers. Well, then look at individual numbers, and you see the the moving around of going from five lug nuts to one, and there was really no off season for, for pick crew guys. We'll, we'll touch on this in Boats and Woes later, but going from five lug nuts to one lug nut and just the, long, the longness of the season and the grind that it is, take a month off, enjoy Thanksgiving, enjoy Christmas, and let's get back after it. And that's that's hard. Everything that changes, five looks to one, new cars, bodies, manufacturers, one thing doesn't change, and that is Kevin Harvick finishing top 10 at Phoenix. Dude. I can't begin to tell you guys how impressive of a stat that Kevin Harvick has since 
surpassed Dale Earnhardt and Richard Petty for the most consecutive top 10s at a racetrack at Phoenix at 19. More than eight years. Eight years. Nine years, rather. So is he still the king of Phoenix? <laughs> yes. Yes, dude. Any, I mean, that is unbelievable. And also, repave in that window as well. Completely those, different racetrack. Half of those are wins. Yeah. Half of those, well, I don't want to say half, half of them, but like a quarter of them are wins. We go there twice a year, 19 years. He's got 10 wins at the track. Like, that's stupid. It's ridiculous. Bro, whenever you see a stat and the two guys you're that Just you're surpassing broke. are Dale Earnhardt and Richard Petty. And I believe both those were at North Hooks, bro. Don't fact check me on that, but I think they were. Um, so kudos to Kevin Harvick. That guy is just unbelievable. Somebody who actually might make a stab at that is Chase Briscoe. Chase Briscoe gets around Phoenix good. He uh, does. I mean, what do you run, fourth, fifth? Oh, uh, yeah, dude, they roasted us on the last pit stop. They? they roasted everybody. Yeah, they had a good one, but we'll talk about that later. But, yeah, they're I no, mean, we're just We're going to talk strong. about that right now. Pit Road Boats and Woes coming right up next. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Pit Road, boats, and whoa! Somebody's winning 100 grand this year for being the best pit crew on Pit Road. Who is it? Ooh, the 24 was leading going into the weekend. They had a better average than the one car, but the one car passed more cars on Pit Road, edging out the 24 in impact score by one one hundredth. A 9.8 to a 9.81. Um, one of their tire changers was texting me, madder than a snake today, which, I, you know, I don't quite understand. The impact score is 100%, but, uh, but yeah, it was... Um, Man, that, there's a lot on the line, and everybody's competitive. The one car is definitely a deserving champion, and they, and they are going to be crowned the Mechanics Wear Pit Crew of the Year. They have the best average on the year uh, with a 10.27, and they are ranked third in net, net positions gained on the year as well. With so how many? Are, they are fourth with just over 50. So that the three car, get your tickets, over 100 positions gained on pit road, but... Run, like you average said, it's running skewed. position. It's, right. That's skewed. When you're running, you know, 15. Yeah. yeah Come out 14. Right. It's a little bit harder to go from fourth to the lead. It is. So congratulations to the one guys getting their driver to the championship four and giving them a chance to win that thing. Yeah. As I touched on before, the 14 car absolutely roasted everybody on the last pit stop. Um, us included. They come out P1 in the day, 
12 car P2, 3 car P3. Uh, both the 14 and 12 averaged in the nines, which is just, dude, rolling. Anytime you average in the nines in a race, uh, the 14 average a 966, the 12 average a 969. And, uh, man, it's just big boy stuff. I mean, Merriman can't get off the John in under nine seconds, Bro. let alone change four <laughs> tires and get 11 yards. Can't get on the John in nine <laughs> seconds either. <laughs> Uh, but, but I hate you, you both. You're both <laughs> terrible people. But I think one, you know. I'm glad you finished second this weekend, Skip. Obviously, the news of of Coy coming out um, before the race and what happened there. Jackson still, you know, filled in and did his job on the 20, and they were having a great day. It just shows a lot of heart, um, and just couldn't imagine suiting up. It, it's tough um, because the last thing you want to do is go race, but the only thing that's going to heal you is going and doing your job. So Jackson suits up and they had, they did have a, a miscue on the last stop, but it, it was just a freak thing that happened. It really wasn't a mistake by anybody when the Jackman put their left rear on. And I've seen it happen to um, the tire carrier on the 38, which Penske did uh, front rows pickers this year. And they put the tire on and depending on where it kind of, the pins go into the wheel and, and it clocks itself when they put it on, and the changer starts putting the nut on. His finger was in between the spoke of the wheel and the caliper, and there's not much. There's not enough clearance there for your finger. No, and it, so it as, might be a quarter inch. As Jackson was tightening tightening up the wheel, it was just squeezing his finger in there. So if you go back and watch it in slow motion, Bro. Rosini, the front tire changer, jumps up to drop the jack and thinks better of it. What they have that most other teams don't is they have an intercom system. So if you see the Gibbs guys, they have an earpiece with a microphone, and they are all talking to each other during the pit stop. It's something that I think you're going to see a lot of teams go to now that they've seen them have it. But what that did was most people just get up, see yeah. Jackson's socket stop, rip the jack, and then homeboy's fingers are gone. Jackson, you know, and as Jackson is, is doing his job looking at the gun – He's just running it up, trying to tighten the wheel because it's tightening so not realizing what's going on to his finger. Just thank God they thank God they figured it out. And uh, what do you do? Like you loosen it, it back up, pull yeah. your finger out, and put the wheel back on. And then they, you know they went on their they went on their way. But did it break his finger? I think one might have been broken. I saw him after the race. He was icing it down. It looked like one might have been broken, but it happened to T.J. Bell, not your spotter, but the tire carrier on the front of 38. And I knew it had put a pretty gnarly cut on his finger. And he was able to make a, a full recovery, but dude, that is just That's a whoa. Hey, when you're rolling in nine seconds and you're doing, you know, think about just putting one of the tires on from the time he grabs the tire and puts it on and it gets tightened up. It's like a second or like a second and a half. And, um, to catch that and not drop the Jack and save his fingers you know he goes goes on the pit another day obviously not the way they wanted to finish the race but was it left front could have been a lot worse it was left rear okay. which is even worse you know drive load oh my and, god like dude them just fingers got been there. like a hot dog like they got lucky there so yeah like i was saying they could yell in their microphone and they all could hear each other like hey yeah fingers stuck here yeah jeez um, i'm gonna have nightmares but yeah so and then looking at just kind of where everybody stacked up as far as our playoff guys. Uh, the the nine car was fifth. He was the, you know, P1 out of the playoff guys. The 22 was ninth. The one car, 10th. And the 20 car with that stop. The um, five had some quick pit stops this weekend, too. 
Yeah, the five. Well, they were they were ten, eight, seven, and thirteenth, and then uh, the twenty car was all the way down in in twenty fourth because uh, because of what happened. Another thing that happened this weekend. You and I kind of debated this yesterday. Uh, tire carrier on the seventeen, Justin Edgel got hit, and you were you were talking about. I'm always taking up for the drivers most of the time. Yeah. You are obviously taking up for the pit crew guys because you're the one that jumps out in front of cars. I'm just the one that drives them. Uh, yeah. I just think, like, the boxes are big there. and the boxes are big at Phoenix. And, you, you know, you you felt that Justin was a little wide. a little wide. Um, I'm trying to load it so I can watch it just for a memory here. Now the, load. the front tire carrier is probably the most vulnerable because he's got two tires. Absolutely. Running out there. Pull the tape. All Homeboy's right. in his in his box. Where do you want him to go? That's He's true. in the line. Yeah. You you need a little bit more grace from from Daniel here. Yeah. Um. Which it's easy to say, right? I can sit here and I. You can't see what the overhead camera sees in your cart in your seat. You also can't like. He's in his he's in his A post right there. Correct. So like, you can't see. Because you're you're looking kind of towards the middle of your windshield because your car's yes. kind of pointed into the box. You're looking for your sign. You're not looking out of your A post. No, he can't. Yeah, I, I don't think he can see him there. So I'm going to give no. him some grace. And what that did was it, it jammed, a tire jammed in him his hip. into his hip. And I think it just, you know, Edgel's just like one of the like good old boys. What's the tire weigh? 42 pounds. So you're carrying 88 pounds out there. You got to set. 84 pounds. 84. Whatever, 84 pounds. <laughs> it depends on how much air they have in them, I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they uh, this has got thirty five pounds in it, <laughs> heavier than hell. Uh, so you gotta think he's got to drop that right front off, and then these rear tire changers they're stopped to clear. So stopped at the time they have their hand off the tire is like one point eight. So that means that the that means that's when he's taking his hand off the tire and coming back in. So you're about a one point two seconds from the time the car stops. You drop the tire off run around the changer and put it on. Um, when there's a car coming around you and it got me a little bit on the last stop, I was mindful of Harvick and I just kind of got a little bit out of position and it cost us three or four tenths, which, you know, cost us the race off pit road at the end. But Phoenix's pit stalls are really big and I would have liked to see a little bit more grace from Daniel Suarez, but there was, n I don't think there was any malicious intent there. Just happy everybody it was okay. Thank God for the, thank God for the kudos to NASCAR for the rules on pit road. Um, jump lines and pit road speed and just fire suits, helmets, and everything. It uh, definitely keeps us safer. That's why I'll get paid the big bucks, man. That's to yeah. jump out in front of cars and go 55 miles an hour. And there it was. Championship edition of pit road boats and woes. But the guy who got the big trophies waiting in the wings, Joey Logano, reporting from Los Angeles. About to jump on Stack and Pennies two weeks in a row. Let's see what the champs got to say right after this. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, guys. We are with the champ and the guy with 19 nicknames, but today he is Next Gen Joe, the 22 and 22. You joined us last week. I told the boys. I told the boys y'all were locked in, and sure enough, you got the big trophy. Congrats, champ. Thank you, thank you. I just wanted to be on the show again, guys. You know, I just want to be part of the part of the cool group here. You know. Well, you earned it. You earned it, buddy, because you got the championship. You're also taking this interview from where it all began this year. You won the first trophy. You won the last trophy. How's it feel holding two of the big ones? That's pretty neat. We were taking some pictures earlier, and they had the class trophy here at the championship. And I, I mean, just the whole year in general, right? For the whole industry, it was just it's bonkers when you think about what we were able to accomplish and what we all went through as an industry. We got a brand new car that we didn't know what the challenges were going to be in it. And we definitely found some challenges as we went along and we evolved and kept making things better, not just as a team, but as a sport. Um, and then we come, we start at the clash here in the Coliseum, which we've never done before, which is a huge success. Uh, and then you come back nine months later uh, with the big trophy uh, and doing the media tour here in the suites. It's kind of crazy. Buddy. I've seen no less than a thousand pictures in every single one. You're smiling. Are your cheeks hurting from smiling so much for the last 48 hours? I'm happy. How do you not happy through this? I'm just glad. You know what I'm most glad about? I finally fell asleep last night for like <laughs> the first time for more than an hour. Uh, so the, the moments after the race are the best, right? Like the initial moment you get out of the car and you see everybody for the first time. That's the most special. But then you're doing media. Literally from that moment on, you know, you, you got stuff. I didn't get out of the racetrack till past 11 o'clock. And then we, we had a little bit of fun for a few hours. And then, uh, of course, you know, Hudson was out there with me, my, my oldest son, and he's up at 530 ready to rip, you know. And so it, we were just having a, we had a lot of fun. It was good. But I got a little tired yesterday, but today I'm like a new man. Power, powering through. Smoking Joe, next thing, since sliced bread, two-time NASCAR Cup Series champion. So, those of us who have never experienced Cup Series championship, or a win for that matter, take everybody through from the time you take the checkered flag, bullet points for like the first 48 hours after winning the championship. Like what happened? Well, like I said, the, the best is the, the first 15 minutes. That's the best moment because you get out and you see everybody that's there with you, right? And, and for me, it's real special because I think at Team Penske, I've been there for 10 years and the relationships that you built with the people that are there, right? You know their families, you know the situation that we've fought through over the years, all these different things. And to celebrate that success together, the, those emotions are the most real. And I love that. That's the best. That's the highlight. Uh, and then after that, yeah, you take all the pictures, you start doing a bunch of media, a bunch of interviews and all these things keep going. We went to a, a restaurant up the road uh, where we had the team there. Afterwards, we got done with tech and everything. Um, we had some fun there as well. And then uh, went to sleep for a couple hours, woke back up, sent the, my wife and kids home to back to Charlotte. 
And then I flew to LA from there and uh, continued to do interviews. And last night was cool. I went to the LA Clippers game, and that was really cool because I sat on the I sat right on the on the floor. Like I've never done that before. Like great court side like that. That was something really neat. And so to see how good they were was awesome. Hey, so that, that was that I was probably gonna, one of the highlights. I wasn't gonna ask, but since you brought it up, do you consider yourself an athlete compared to those guys? Or are NASCAR drivers athletes? Um, yes, we are athletes, but in a completely different way. It's a, it's the same, right? I can pick up a basketball, and you guys know I can pick up the ball and I'll shoot it, but it doesn't mean I can play basketball worth of crap, right? And and the same thing, they can't they can probably drive themselves to this to the stadium to play, but it doesn't mean that they can drive a car at the same level that we do. So it, it's different. But the one thing that is common, I think, between the both of us is that ability to handle pressure, right? The ability to, to compete in a high, highly intense form, uh, and, and trying to bring more to the table all the time. Like that to me in athletes is the same. Whether you're competing, uh, in the NBA, the NFL, and NASCAR, golf, right? I, I believe golfers are athletes too. Right? Maybe your heart rate might not be going through the moon and different things like that, but they have to perform under extreme conditions. Uh, in a competitive environment. To me, that's what defines an athlete. You and Paul, you in particular, win the first dirt race that NASCAR's had in a long time. You win the first next-gen race. You win the first race at uh, St. Louis. You win the first championship. What makes you guys adapt that quick to these things? I'm not sure what it is that makes us adapt quickly. Um, I mean, the Phoenix race, we went there in the spring. It's our second time there, right? And if you kind of just look at the races, one single race, right? You would go back and go through those things. But I honestly say of the last couple of weeks, Paul Wolf has been the, he's the MVP. He's the MVP of the championship. If you ask me, that's the guy that, that stepped up the most um, over the last uh, two and a half weeks after we won Vegas. He came in with a plan um, of, this is the meetings we're going to have. Here's what we're going to talk about. Here's every single detail. And, and not, not just said, we're going to prepare better and that's it. Like there was a plan on how to do it, um, all the way through the weekend. Every day was planned out exactly the way it needed to be. And then we just went and executed our plan. We qualified well. We ran up front and, and did everything he said we were supposed to do. Um, but there was a lot of work that went behind that and he really stepped up to the plate. So to me, MVP, Paul Wolf, he did it. So I remember back in 2019, obviously you win the championship in 18, you come to media day in 19 and everybody, Hey, what's up champ? And you're none of that, right? This is new year. So how long does Joey Logano enjoy the 2022 championship? When does it reset? When are, when are you not tripping over your press clippings? As you say, um, I'm, it doesn't last that long. If I'm being honest, uh, it, it's special. It's great. Um, like I said, the first, 20 minutes is awesome, and then you do the media tour, and that's great. And there's going to be some championship parties. And, you know, for Team Penske, this is the first time they ever won the IndyCar Championship and the NASCAR Championship in the same year. So there's going to be some really great celebrations, um, you know, within the, within the team, which is awesome, and we should. We should celebrate. I think it's something very important to do, right? If you work really, really hard at something and you achieve it, you have to take a moment to celebrate as a team, right? And you give that, that gratification, right? You kind of have to take that. It's important for the motivation of the team. But at the same time, it's three and 23. I already figured it out. That's, that's our new slogan as a race team. We need to go get our third one. We're going to go back to work. 
here shortly uh, and start thinking about what do we need to do because the the championship, as great as it is, and there's a lot of good things that come along with it, but the opportunity it gives you for growth in your team, right? That power that it gives you um, to be able to really make a difference in a lot of different categories, uh, not just in your race team, but in the sport and use it for good. It's awesome. And it'd be a total waste if we just celebrated the whole time and didn't take the opportunity to be better. And so we have that opportunity as well. So that's kind of what the offseason looks like at this point is putting a plan together of how we take this opportunity and grow from it. You say you touched on taking the opportunity to provide and grow, right? One of my favorite things that you've said, and I think you told you took it from Doc Hudson and cars of at the end of the day, it's still the piston cup is still an empty cup. But now my friend, you have two big trophies. Those empty cups still give you a large, large platform for good off the racetrack. What do you think changes people's perception of you as a person and a race car driver having two versus just one? I don't know if I give uh, or care too much about the perception of what people think of me. Like I've never really thought too much into that as much as just what can you do with the trophy, right? To your point, it's an empty cup. How do you fill it up? How do you do stuff with it that's huge, right? And, and yeah, championships are great in an impacted thousands of people's lives, right? When you think about the families and the bonuses that come along with it or just the, the feeling of victory for the fans and whatever that may be, uh, it definitely impacts a lot of people. But when you take the platform and you do something huge with it, that's, the, that's what lives on for generations. And so we'll come up with a plan uh, over the off season of, of what that is. But um, that's something I learned the first time is that, you know, the, this, this opportunity that sits in front of us is a big deal because Listen, in 20 years, are you going to remember who won the 2022 championship in NASCAR? No, no one's going to know. No one's going to, it, it goes away. It's just the facts are, this stuff goes away. But if you impact people's lives with this, that's generational. That goes for a long time. If you had to narrow it and wind it all down to the one person you couldn't be sitting there holding two cup trophies without, who would it be? One person. Oh, that's not even a fair question. I know it's takes, not. It takes an army. <laughs> yeah. It takes an army. There's, there's not, gosh, it's not one. I mean, it, it depends on the, the years you ask, right? Like if you ask me, yeah, my, without my dad, you know, am, am I here? No, I'm not, right? He was the one that we, we went to the racetracks and he committed his life, uh, you know, to his kids. You know what I mean? He sold his garbage company and, and we went racing. That's what we did. Um, and we didn't know what we were doing. We learned as we went and had a lot of fun while we were at it. Yeah, we had a blast. It was cool. Um, but just now, I mean, if you ask me one person now, I mean, it's my wife is, is amazing. My hot ass wife. Uh, she, she does. <laughs> More t-shirts it, coming off the yeah, shelf. You guys know how it is. Yeah. But when you think about it though, like she's raising three kids alone a lot of times, right? We're on the road a lot. Right. And, and th boy, that's a grind. So you think about like keeping your, your at home life going at the same time as you're trying to win a championship throughout the playoffs. These 10 weeks are a grind for the, for everybody. Um, so I mean, it just keeps the list is too long to really narrow down the one. It's not fair. Uh, obviously RP, uh, what the captain would be on that list high as well. I've seen you, he, Roger Penske calls, it don't matter if we're at the go-kart track, if we're at dinner, Joey is not missing that phone call, right? He goes outside, makes time, <laughs> shows respect for the boss. What does a guy like Roger say in that window after getting the job done? 
Uh, just, I mean, it really, we're just celebrating and talking about how great it was. Um, I don't, we haven't had the moment to actually have a conversation yet, right? Like it's, everyone's yelling and screaming, we're hugging, we're telling each other we love each other, right? I mean, that's, that's what it is, right? At that moment, it's just a lot of love. Um, but to actually communicate about, um, the day and those things, we haven't had that moment yet. Um, but, you know, to, to see it, think about this. That was Roger's 43rd racing championship, motorsports championship, 43 championships. Uh, that's, that's bonkers to even think about. The guy just wins, right? Yeah. He, he's just a winner. That's who you want to surround yourself with is just people that win. And, uh, and eventually you become a winner too, right? Whether it's just being around them and, and the mindset or just <laughs> going for the ride <laughs> sometimes, right? You end up being a winner. Um, and it's really worked out well there. You've taken over, obviously at the beginning of the season, there's a lot of talk with Brad moving on. He took over a leadership role within Penske as the, the lead driver there and the oldest driver there crazy enough uh now you're one of only two multi-time champions in the garage what weight does that hold as a leader in the garage area to move the sport forward i don't know if it holds much more weight than than before i don't think you have to have a championship to impact the sport right i don't think you have to win races to impact the sport i think you just have to have the right mindset and care uh, about the people in the sport um, right. And it, you, you don't have to be a driver to do that. You don't have to be a crew member. You can be in the media. You can do whatever. Right. It, it, the facts are we're all here doing what we love to do. And we're only here because the people before us cared enough to make it better for the next generation. It's all of our responsibilities to continue to do that. Right. Now, as a champion in the sport, yes, people are going to ask that question more often and you're challenged a little bit more to do it. But it doesn't mean that you're the only one doing that. Right. It, it just it, it's it's much deeper than that. And we all have to, you know, we're all going to have different opinions, but eventually we all we all want to achieve the same thing. We want to leave it better than it was when we got here for, for our kids or, or whoever. Right. That's that's what we want. You've been on multiple companies boards with some guys like Russell Wilson and some celebrities. Has there anybody reached out, texted you, called you that you're like, oh, that's pretty cool. Somebody called it. I've been, uh, if I'm being honest, I've done a horrible job at returning text messages so far. I haven't had a chance to just like chill How many? And, and actually go through it. So I'm planning on my way home. I'm at, hang on, hang on, let me take a look here. It's embarrassing. You're going to, 819 text messages <laughs> I have not responded and to. And how many, how many give or take have you and just I, fired I, them back? If I'm being honest, it's like, oh, I've probably texted maybe 10 yeah. back so yeah. far. Um, and it, it's just like, well, and some of those are like group chats where they just keep going, right? So oh, okay. we can probably knock a few of those out quicker. But it's a little intimidating, if I'm being honest. I look at it and I go, oh, my God. Like, this is going to take hours, right? And I love Days. it, though. I love that people care enough to text me. So thank you. But if you're watching this, I'm sorry. I will get there. <laughs> I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> Yeesh. That's a lot of text messages, bro. That, that's not hours. That's weeks. Now, do you go like fist bump, thumbs up? Copy, like, copy, paste, thank you. Yeah. Well, I know, but I feel like if you just say, like, I, I feel like it needs to be more personal. And yeah, I don't thanks, know. Bill. So I, I, I Appreciate feel like it. if they took the time, I should too, or say something more than that. But then that's what takes a long time. If you just copy and paste, you can knock them out pretty quick, right? But then they start texting. This is another thing. Then they start texting you back again, like they want to start a conversation. I'm like, hang on, I'm not ready for a conversation. And it keeps stacking back up in the list. And it's, it's a real thing here. It's winning problems. It's a good problem, but it's a thing. I, I talked to you a little bit before the, the race there, um, and the mood Sunday morning instantly got somber, right? Like, 
the news of Coy Gibbs passing away on Saturday night, certainly they give you more or less your career start in the Cup Series relationship with Joe Gibbs. JD passed at 49. Coy Gibbs passes at 49 as well. How do you compartmentalize that? Because obviously it impacted – I was on the fringe and maybe said 10 words to Coy in my life, and it broke me. Like I was I was in bad shape, and you had a relationship continued to with, with the Joe Gibbs family. How do you compartmentalize that and also do your job at the, the best ability? It's definitely, I mean, I could imagine for the Gibbs guys even closer, right, to where they are still competing for a championship in that, in that heat of the moment too. And um, it's it, the, the emotions and the thoughts that come to your mind immediately, right? And the first thing that came to my mind was Ty, right? Because you imagine losing your dad, like that's awful. And then you think, gosh, Ty just won the championship in the same night he loses his dad. The highest of highs, the lowest of lows in the same day. And how do you, how do you handle this? Right. And then I started, and these are thoughts that went through my mind before the race started. And then now he's, he won the championship. He's going to go to the banquet and, and all these memories and all these things you don't want to celebrate with your, with your dad with. And he's not going to have the opportunity. And it's always going to be tied together with the loss of his dad. And that is the saddest thing. And it's, it's horrible. I, and I don't have words for it. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I even reached out to him just to say something. I, it's just, I, yeah. I'm, I feel awful for him, right? Especially, you know, the week leading into the championship, um, all the drama that was around it, right? And, and everyone can have opinions about racing and how you handle things on the racetrack and, and things you're, you say. But here's the bottom line. You're still human. You're still people. People are people, right? And, and the love is real. And um, and, and he's needing, he's going through all this right now. I don't know how he's doing it. I don't know. I personally don't know. Um, and you know, for me, yeah, I was, I, I knew Coy, um, you know, even when I was there, he was doing a lot of the, the motocross stuff. So we didn't really work together that much. The most I actually really spoke with him was after a friend of ours passed away and, you know, we were working together to try to figure out some, some, uh, different moving objects in his life. And, um, you know, that was the most I really worked with him, but it showed me that his heart was huge. Um, his heart was real. Uh, and he cared about people. Um, and he did it his way. That was one of my favorite things about Koi. Like he, he, he was always different, uh, than, than the rest of the Gibbs family. And he found his way of doing it. And I respected that. Uh, that was cool. It definitely makes you want to hug your kids a bit tighter after the news about that, right? That's the Doesn't first it? thing I thought about. And, and it was a super cool moment. Right, you gave Hudson his first ever ride uh, to Victory Lane in the car. What was that like going? I mean, there was a picture on I think NASCAR and NBC posted like then, and then you're holding him up like Simba over like the you know the rock, and then he's a full grown little man right now. How was that experience to share with Hudson? <laughs> I hope he's not full grown yet. He's no. only like to my waist, but uh, he's full grown four year old. Right. Uh, and so uh, it was you know ever since Kevin did that in Michigan with Keelan. I remember watching that on TV and thinking, that's the coolest. Like, I really want to do that someday. And every time we've won since then, I've been alone. Like, I, no one's been there. Uh, my wife hasn't been there. Like, it's been because your, your kids and this and that, like, and COVID and all this stuff. Like, I've been going to the racetrack by myself a lot. Um, and so to win and have Hudson there, um, we didn't have Amelia and Jameson there, unfortunately, because of travel and it was just hard. But um, in the time zones and all that, but uh, we 
to see him go like, I said, go get the checkered flag. And he runs up the racetrack and gets the checkered flag uh, and then gets in the car and we do donuts and stuff. And just knowing Hudson, like I know him and, and watching him, uh, you know, do it all. And then the next morning was probably one of my favorite moments, actually, even though he was up at 530. It was like his excitement of actually talking about the night. Right. He wasn't tired. He was tired at that moment. Right. It's past his bedtime and all that. You know, kids are. But to just to, to hear like his his version of it was so much fun right? yeah. of, of what we did and, and what it was all about. Like his kid version was awesome. I love I love Dude, that. Harper at school the next day was out of the um, sunroof pulling up the school going, Joey won the championship. <laughs> <laughs> Let all the kids know. <laughs> all right, I got uh, I got one oh, more I got one more question for you. I know you're a busy man all the way out with a lot of media obligations in LA. But 2018, you won your first first championship in Homestead. This year, obviously, the finale was in Phoenix. What's your opinion on the finale race? Is there a spot better for it? Are there markets better for it? What's your opinion on the last race at the particular tracks? I still think it should move around. I think it should move around. I still think the city should should bid it out. I think we should we go to the highest bidder like the Super Bowl does. And and I say this like it's so simple. It's not. There's way more things in place than I know about. Um, and, and you can't just do that. But I do like if you just kind of live in your own fantasy land. I think it would be really cool to move around that that final race for a lot of reasons. One, it's a different tracks so that's cool and different types of tracks and whatnot. But it's kind of bringing it to the fans, right? Not everybody can travel very far all the time and make that time commitment or that financial commitment to come to a race. And everyone wants to go to the championship race. That's the biggest race of the year. It's the Super Bowl. And so I think it should move around. I get it's, it's you know, November and there's some areas that are cold. Maybe it limits to, to you know, southern states. But why not? There's still a whole bunch of racetracks down there. Joey Logano, ladies and gentlemen, is your 2022 NASCAR's Cup Series champ. Let me see the ring. I see you flashing around. Let me see it. Give it to the camera. I got it. Here it is. Bam. It is. Out of focus. So if I'm being sweet. honest, this oh, isn't there it is. this isn't the real one. They they give you one uh, to wear for now, and then they give you the real one later with your name on it and your car number and all that. Um, so you got you the, just, I got the ZZ on this thing back? right now. Are you just going to steal it? Yes. <laughs> I'm keeping this one, too. Um, I don't know. I think it might disappear. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't be the first time with you, right? Ring, that, ring disappears. Right. Hey, well, appreciate you coming on the yeah, show I've this week. Yeah, I've lost the ring before, that's for sure. And last week, Joey, I'm proud of you. Proud to know you. And you are a two-time Cup Series championship. So congratulations, buddy. Thanks, guys. Love being on. See you guys. You're welcome back. Anytime. And there you have it. Big words from the champ himself. Joey Logano, friend of the show, friend of y'all's, two-time Cup Series champion. Love to see it. I told y'all. I told y'all. Joey was not messing around this week, man. You're right. He still you didn't believe in. me. I just thought Hendrick would bring some more speed. I, I told you they were two hit or miss. Look, Joey was locked in. Like Tomahawk missile, man. Like a heat-seeking <laughs> missile, bro annihilated the field and you guys get a behind the curtain view of that because there's a little bonus episode a little bonus episode of race for the championship following chase elliott ross chastain ryan blaney and yours truly joey logano uh on his championship bid a little extra bonus so there's 10 episodes plus a little bit of something something 
I hope you all enjoyed that show. I've got a lot of great feedback from the fans who certainly enjoyed it. Oh, it's been the best, but, uh, dude. you got to make sure you tune in to Race for the Championship on November 14th. Monday. Monday, November 14th, guys, to watch the added championship race on USA and stream anytime on the Peacock app. So a lot of good stuff there. They jammed a lot of content from Vegas, Homestead, Miami, Martinsville, and obviously the last one you can watch November 14th. And who knows? They might even do a season two. That'd be something. I hope I'd they watch do. It. It's good. I mean, I, I think it brings, I mean, even even being in it. You gotta I, have like, it. I like watching it. It makes me feel like a fan. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we definitely we definitely need it. One thing, too, uh, this is so unrelated, but I was talking to – so we rolled through – we failed tech twice. So, in which case, you lose your, your car chief, Scott Brewer. Tim Brewer's kid. Tim Brewer's kid. Why were you cheating? Uh, I, I wish that we were cheating to try to get an advantage. I think we were just, like, failed tech because yeah. we were outside of the, the toe or whatever. He said – that that was his first ever cup race he's seen outside the fence, like watched as a fan. And he's like, I understand why people buy a ticket and watch y'all race. He goes, that was the coolest shit I've ever seen. Dude, that's the first time I've ever been outside of Phoenix, like seen anything. Like I, when we went to the barn on Saturday night, I got there a little early and got like a golf cart ride around and came and met you for the end of the Xfinity race and just sitting there watching it. Like, I was like, man, this is so cool. And like we say, like, like we say, right? Too close to the fire. We are in it, and we don't. Being in it, you don't get to experience it the way a fan would. And dude, that place was just electric. NASCAR. I compare NASCAR to hockey. Bear with me. You know how much different. Like you can watch a NFL game on TV, and it's not that much different. Going there, there's more energy and drink beer, and you know have the camaraderie of everybody else rooting for the same team. You can go to a baseball game, and it's just boring, start to finish, no matter what it is. You can go to a hockey game and you can watch a hockey game on TV and you're like snooze fest. You go to a hockey game and you're like, yes, dude, drop the gloves oh, yeah. and get after it. NASCAR, if anybody listens to the podcast, which I'd imagine people listen to a NASCAR podcast, probably been to a race before, but you have to be at the track to truly appreciate it. So two people that I met this weekend who were at the track and they were appreciating it was Camden and Carter. From Phoenix, right there in Phoenix. They popped in in the garage, said their dad listens to the podcast, knew the rules. You can't ask. You can't ask to be Penny Sack of the Week. So I appreciate that. So they don't listen to it, just their dad? Their dad their dad listens. Now, I think that he said he listens in the car with them. So then he needs to be, the dad needs to be the Penny Sack. I didn't get his name because he didn't ask. Camden and, and Carter's dad from Phoenix. Camden and Carter's dad from Phoenix. Shout out to you for... There's a lot of guys to oh, get a shout dude, out. Dude, I had like a heartbreaking moment at the end of the race. First time it's ever happened. We'll finish second. second. <laughs> yes, exactly. So we're we're cleaning up and, you know, the 22s down there celebrating. And these two guys come by and they have a four-year-old little boy with them. I didn't get your name, but they did send me something, stuff on Instagram. And he's just crying because we lost. Just crying his eyes out. I wanted Ryan Blaney to win. He's just upset. And like I'm like, man, it's like pulls at my heartstrings because I have a five year old and a two and a half year old. And I'm like, ah, what do I do to make this kid feel better? So I got um some Team Penske gloves that I wore in the race and now that I say it like this, I gave him my used gloves. That kinda it's kinda bad, but they're, they're race, race, used, they're race used gloves. Yeah. Um so it was cool because you can't give lug nuts away or anything anymore and it, it cheered him up. But 
man, these guys are invested. That makes you want to, that makes you want to, uh, yeah, that's why we do it. Makes you want to win even more. You know what makes me cry and be, feel irritated? It's What's... when my beard's dry. Oh, yeah? yeah? Mine's a little dry right now. Your beard looks you good, bro. Does it? Yes. Your beard looks really good. Have you been using Honest Amish? Uh, I dabble, yes. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I can't keep that away With from their me. oils and bombs? It is. Uh, it honestly is the best thing I do for my face. Is it? I can tell. Are you losing some weight? Or is I, that just Honest Amish? It's probably Honest Amish. Because they only use organic and natural, natural ingredients. And I only use organic and natural ingredients myself in my daily life. Obviously, because nothing but the best touches that touches my face there i don't know what he's got going on in his face well it's a sore subject but when i do grow my beard back out i'm only going to use stuff that has premium ingredients and the highest quality products and and, and it's 100 percent handmade in the usa america that's that's most important and i think cory has got a you know, promo code you can stack stack some of your own pennies if you want to using a promo code stacking pennies at honestamish.com to get 20 percent off and free shipping over 35 bucks. Satisfaction guaranteed. I if you don't like it, you can add us, too. You can. Yep. We're not going to do anything about it. Honest Amish will, though. They'll give you some stuff back or whatever. But I promise you, you're not going to set it back because the stuff is so good. And people have been asking me, hey, don't let the podcast go away in the off season. We love it. We listen to it every week. It's going to go away. Not this week, though, or next week. We're not going to do the spare changes on the weekend, but... We are going to continue this thing. We're going to have some big guests trying to line up in the hopper to give you guys some content in the offseason. Not every week, just enough to keep you guys coming back, get you excited for the L.A. Clash when we kick this thing off. So make sure you continue to follow us, like, download, share, rate, review, all the things on uh, Spotify, on Apple, or wherever you find your podcast, NASCAR.com. Continue to tune in to Stagging Pennies. We appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week. Uh, and, and growing this thing with us. It's been a lot of fun. Continue to tweet at us, hashtag Penny for your thoughts. Keep sending those questions in so we can answer those during the offseason. Give us something to talk about because right now the only thing we got to talk about is Joe Lagano winning more races and championships. So uh, that's all we got. Appreciate y'all. Love y'all. Thank you for stacking pennies. Tune in uh, next week for some good stuff. <laughs>